Welcome back to The Holler. Justin here with The Holler, tnholler.com, at the TN Holler on Twitter and Facebook. And we also have all these hollers hollering all over Tennessee. Thanks to your support, your small dollar monthly donations keep us going. And we want to shout out Elisa Parker. If you are buying or selling in Tennessee, do it through her. She's very supportive of us. If you need an attorney, Abby Rubenfeld, she is also super supportive. Monday, October 3rd, Hollerfest 2022 is happening at Exit Inn in Nashville. If you don't have your tickets yet, please get them. It should be a great night. We have a lot of amazing speakers coming to talk, some music. Exit in Nashville. Please make a plan to join us and get your tickets. It should be a great time. All right, on to what we're here to talk about today. The basic gist is There was a thread posted online by a guy who works at the Daily Wire, which is here in Nashville now. Yay. This guy went on this, you know, rant about the trans healthcare clinic at Vandy, accused them of all kinds of things, giving care to minors without parental approval, surgeries on minors without parental approval, basically only giving trans care for profit, which is always fascinating to see when they're suddenly upset about for-profit healthcare in this country. If they want to talk about Medicare for all, lovely but they only seem to care when it has to do with trans adults and trans kids. Accuse them of a lot of things to the point where Vandy pulled down their trans clinic website because I guess they were getting attacked. They put out a statement saying, no, we do require parental consent, follow the law. And by the way, nobody could say what law they were supposedly breaking. And then we saw Republican legislators like Governor Lee, Marsha Blackburn, Senator Jack Johnson, William Lambert, Jeremy Faison, all pile on, calling for investigations. Basically, they're going to pass laws if they don't exist yet, accusing them of all kinds of things. For the past few days, we've seen a few publications push back, one of which was actually pretty surprising to me because David Plaza, I find him to be a very reasonable guy. He doesn't always take the strongest stands one way or another. He sometimes presents both sides of an issue. He wrote this saying, why the Daily Wire report on Vanderbilt's transgender clinic is no investigation. And he was actually very strong about saying that that report was conflating healthcare for adults with the issue of gender affirming care of children, pointed out the high rate of suicide risk that they were scapegoating these children. And then also basically at the end, calling it mean, irresponsible and dangerous of these Republicans for jumping on this issue, which for David Plazas to be saying that that's a strong position. And I appreciate that he took it. And now today we are going to talk to Fox, who has a perspective on this that I think is more important than anyone's because Fox has gone through exactly what we're talking about today. So Fox, I'd love for you to start us off basically by telling us your story. When did you start to transition? When did you know you wanted to transition? And what was that decision like? So I am 20 now. I started transitioning socially, I guess, the very beginning of high school. Spent most of the last year of eighth grade, pretty much realizing that something was wrong, that I felt different and I didn't feel like I, I quite fit into what was expected of me as a girl because I was assigned female at birth and, you know, was raised that way. And so all of that just cause so much pain, anxiety and depression and all of those statistics you read about high rates of suicide, high rates of mental illness. It's very real. And it's kind of hard to like imagine what that's like. But it's it's horrible to go through that and feel alone, especially in a more conservative area. Where were you? I was in Knoxville. I'm from Knoxville. Okay. I don't I don't live there now. I, I feel lucky that I was from at least a city that had some semblance of resources and that has a community. So I was lucky to have 
have supportive friends and family to when I came out just like a few weeks before starting high school. I came out to my parents and I had come out to a lot of my friends and told them that that I was trans and that I was actually a boy and not a girl. And my parents were immediately supportive. And I know a lot of people don't have that. And my friends were all very supportive. I just feel so lucky to have that. You also have to have support systems in the systems of medicine, of school to help you transition as well. And so I was interested in starting hormones. That was not an easy process either. And I think that's something that that frustrates me is it's painted as this like you can just show up to the doctor one day and say, I want try out this random medicine because I feel like it. And that's not at all what the process is. There's so much research that goes into it. Even on like my part as a child, I was like at home Googling, like, what are the effects of all of these things? Is this something I want to do? Like, this is on top of me being a student. I'm also like doing deep dive research online into like, what is transitioning? What does that mean? Is this something I want to do? Probably around a year actually deliberating on, on if that's something I wanted to do at that point was then I told my parents and I said, this is what I want to do. Did you know anybody that had transitioned? I was the only person I knew at that point. And I think that's why I didn't realize this was an option for me until I was 14 or 15 when I came out. Um, And then I started finding out about like trans people and looking things up and, and seeing communities online and realizing that I wasn't alone. Once I told my parents that we had to then go through the process of, well, how do we go about this? Because they immediately were supportive of me and did their own research as well. But they also knew that I had spent the last year figuring out what I needed for myself. And they just wanted to support me in that to start hormones was a whole separate process. And all of this is just so many bureaucratic processes to get there. You mentioned that you started transitioning socially first. What is that? You can kind of separate it into like social transition and medical transition. And social transition is like what you go through before or separate from starting hormones, surgery, all of that. That's just like changing the way you present yourself, wearing different clothing, maybe changing your name, changing your pronouns, using different ways to like refer to yourself, social aspect of it, of like other people kind of referring to you in a different way, identifying in a different way publicly that is separate from actually like changing your body. Some people only do that, whatever you're comfortable with, but it's less of the medical aspect of it. So that was something I was able to start doing less of like a defined moment in time and more of just like I've been telling people and they understand my identity And so they are thinking of me in a different way. Your parents were both supportive of what you wanted to do. Did anybody try to make you think twice about it, think longer about it? Any hesitation on your part? How sure were you that this was the right thing to do for you? Like I said, it took me kind of a year to come to this decision. I was sure at that point that I wanted to at least look into it because obviously I can do as much like Googling as I want, but I don't have the expertise of a doctor. And so the next step was my parents wanted to make sure that they could do something to support me. And so the next step would be to go talk to a doctor about what are the next steps? Is this something I'm interested in? The next step is just just talking to people who have experience with this, which once again is really hard to find in Tennessee and in rural areas in more like conservative or smaller towns. I know it's even more difficult because there's such little like research and information and experience when it comes to trans people in general, that finding a doctor who's able to understand what you're going through and know what the steps are, like off the top of their head is is nearly impossible, especially for, for children as well. So you did find that though? I did, I, I was able to, um, I went to my like general practice doctor 
once again, very lucky that she was very supportive, my, my pediatrician. And so she was able to like find an endocrinologist in the city that would work with me. I had the support of my parents, my friends, and my doctor, and now a new doctor that I was going to go see. And so then that, as well as I was in therapy at the time, and so I had the support of my therapist, which you also are required to have by, by a lot of doctors, especially for pediatrician. One of the things that Henry Seaton at the ACLU said always stuck with me, and I wonder if it's true for you too, was the decision wasn't about, do I want to change my body? The decision was, do I want to live? Is that how you were feeling at the time? Do you mind if I ask? Yeah. Yeah, no, I I was really, really struggling and I, I would agree. It, it's not a decision that you make off the top of your head. It's something that you are dealing with. For me, it was like years of just constantly feeling like something was wrong. Then that just develops into depression, mental illness. I do completely agree with that statement that it, it wasn't really a decision of specifically like aesthetics or anything. It was, this is who I am. And if my body doesn't match that, what am I supposed to do? Then I, I don't feel like it's worth living. I was like 14 at that time. And that was where my brain was. Something's wrong and, and there's something I can do to change it. And what does the process entail? I know we talk about hormone blockers, but like what happens next? Take me through it. I think it depends on kind of when you want to start medically transitioning. So when people come out as like small children, they're not medically transitioning. That's social transition. If a five-year-old, like a 10-year-old or whatever, somebody pre-puberty, even as a child, they're not going through any medical processes at all. It's just they're going by a different name, different pronouns, dressing in a different way, potentially. That's the first process is social transition. The next part is when you get a pre-puberty, like right before you start puberty, they will then put you on puberty blockers to stop what your body is going to go through by itself. I didn't actually go through this because I came out later before I started puberty. They could have put me on estrogen blockers. That's not a permanent thing. That's just hits pause on puberty. So you have time to figure out what it is you want to do. If I had ended up deciding I am actually a girl or I don't want to go on testosterone, then they could just stop those. It would progress normally. Once you reach a certain age, I think it's 14 or 15, even 16, you've already started puberty. So using puberty blockers isn't necessarily going to be helpful. You start other hormones. You start, so I started testosterone. Like I said, it's not you show up to the doctor and you request this. You show up to the doctor, they discuss with you your options. They discuss with your parents your options because you're a minor. My parents had say on, on these medical decisions. They had the full power to say yes or no, but they wanted to support me. And on top of that, you also have to be in therapy for, I want to say like four or five months, have a letter from your therapist, have a letter from a mental health professional. I had to have all of these aspects of support in my life to even go to the endocrinologist, even talk about starting this. And at that point, then it's the endocrinologist's decision if they think that this is the right decision for me. So what were I, some of the things that started to happen? After I started testosterone? Yeah. My voice dropping was a big one. You can tell. <laughs> um, also, I just had so much more energy that I think was a combination of being on, on testosterone uh, and also just feeling more myself. And I think the biggest thing that I experienced was just like overwhelming, like wash of relief. When I started that, it was just, I feel so much better because I know that I'm on the right path now. And I know that my body is going to be what I want it to be. And I don't feel hopeless anymore. So much more about the mental part and the mental like click of this is right than it was about the physical changes because those take a really long time. Those take like months and years to actually fully happen. And so it's something that you really have to like decide to do and stick with for a long time 
to even see results. And it was 100% worth it for me. And I just felt so much better even before. Like, I just remember the day that I got my first shot of testosterone. I was so happy. And I went to school afterward and I was like telling all my friends. And I was like, I can't describe like the happiness that I was feeling. This finally feels right to me. It was just huge. You mentioned school. What was your experience like? I had kind of a different, I think, experience at school than, than from what I've heard some people in the area that I had my friends were really supportive. I had I had fairly supportive teachers. Um, I did struggle a lot with the school administration. School I went to had a uniform and so they really didn't want to let me wear the boys uniform. They didn't let me use the boys bathroom. This was just a whole other aspect of it that made it so much more difficult because even though I had the support of my family, my friends, my doctors, for the most part, it was like there was this looming presence, a really powerful presence saying that they didn't believe me and who I was. Discrimination, honestly, on top of going through this this really challenging medical process, even though, you know, like I said, it made me really happy. It's not easy. It's not an easy thing to go through. I already went through puberty once and now I'm going through it again. It's not a decision you make lightly. Nobody enjoys the first round of puberty and wants to go back for more. It feels like just the whole system is kind of set up against you and make it harder for you to make it through and graduate. The rates of graduation are lower in the trans community as well because they're just faced with all of these blocks. You should let people know that you're now in college. You're yes. at Oregon, but you were here in Knoxville and you also, I guess, had some experience with the clinic in Vandy. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so I actually got top surgery at Vanderbilt, which is why I'm so connected to all of this news that's happening. I got top surgery there. I was a minor when it happened, 16. There's so many just bureaucratic ladders to climb to go through all of this. You know, I had to have the support of my parents who are willing to drive me to Nashville, you know, get a hotel for the night. So there's also all of these like economic barriers that happen as well. I had to meet with, with a surgeon a lot before I even had it. Once again, I had to have letters of support from not only my therapist, but also my endocrinologist, pediatrician. I had to have so many letters of support of different professionals saying this was the right decision for me. I get so frustrated because it's painted to be this really easy process where you can just show up and doctors are just like begging to perform surgeries. And it, it's really not. It's really difficult to go through this to find support that you need. I did have the surgery as a, as a minor, and I'm, I'm so glad I did. So impactful for my life to feel comfortable in my own skin, comfortable walking around. I didn't feel like I had to hide myself all the time. It brought me so much comfort and contentment in my own body, which is really what I think we all deserve. What do you think when you see people attacking Vandy for basically giving you the care that you say made your life so much better? What goes through your mind when you see them leveling these attacks at Vandy? It makes me really sad and really angry. <laughs> it's so obvious to me that they really don't understand the process that is behind all of this and the importance of providing this care. You know, I'm so glad that Vanderbilt was there and that I was able to, you know, it's a three hour drive away from where I'm from, but it was something I was able to go to and, and get this done. And it wasn't easy. And I have kind of the, the opposite opinion of there needs to be more, there needs to be more funding for it. There needs to be more of all of this because they have programs that are there to support trans people seeking care. But when you're constantly leveling this fight against them and against just the very aspect of trans people, then it makes it really hard for them to support people who are trying to come to them for help. And it also just shows a complete ignorance of what standard medical practice is because the best practices as defined by the AMA are providing medical transition for 
people who request it. What is widely agreed upon by doctors to be the best decision. And so it it's not the decision of non-medical professionals, politicians to decide what people do with their own bodies and to decide what people decide as a family because it's not an easy decision and they're just adding more and more problems to this process. And so I think there just really needs to be overwhelming support for people. It's necessary for people and they're obviously ignoring statistics about trans community is more likely to commit suicide, more likely to have mental illness, less likely to graduate. The reason behind that is the problems and the transphobia that we face just living our everyday lives and the problems we run into trying to access basic medical care. Because this doesn't stop at providing transition-related medical care, all medical care. Like, it's hard enough to find a doctor just to go in if I have, like, a cold. Respect me because I am trans. It's also connected. And so when you're attacking providing trans-specific care, you're also attacking providing care for anything for a trans person. It's infuriating. It's always the people who claim to be for small government, liberty, freedom, that advocate for government to crack down on people that they don't understand, that make them uncomfortable or whatever. It just seems to me such a clear thing that this should be left up to people between you, your family, your doctors, not Senator Jack Johnson and Marsha Blackburn to decide about your health care. If they take away, which they're talking about doing, if they take away this option, laws passed to make this illegal, even with parental consent, which is, I think, what they plan to do now, they're going to be killing kids. I mean, that seems like they are taking away an option was a lifeline for you and for so many others. So do you think that's fair to say that if they ban this, could essentially be killing kids in the future? Yes, 100%. If they take away the right of people to access trans-specific health care, children will die. I can't emphasize that enough. Children's lives, children's happiness, and we are attacking the most vulnerable population that there is, children don't have a say in political process. When you're removing that from them, they will die from suicide, other medical problems because they're afraid to go to the doctor. It really is life or death. I am very scared because I know what it's like to be in that position and I know what it's like to be afraid to go to the doctor for stomach issues. I'm a, like, I was afraid to go to the doctor because I had a transphobic experience. And so I know that fear of, well, I guess I can't, I just can't go to the doctor then. These are children. No child should be put in that position to be afraid for their life because a politician has decided they want to have a power trip and that they want to scapegoat children for this because they're powerless. It truly is terrifying because children are going to die. I don't know how to get that through people's heads. I think you're doing a lot just by telling your story. So I appreciate that you're doing that. This guy, Matt Walsh, who was the blogger that I was talking about, admitted here after his thread went viral, encouraging Republican candidates to take the reins. So he openly admitted that this was politics, just like when Chris Rufo admitted the CRT stuff was politics. They're telling us why they're doing this. Sadly, what Fox is saying that this will kill children, they don't care, just like they don't care that guns kill children and they continue to proliferate guns in our country. So calling on their empathy, that's not going to work. But maybe by telling your story, you might be able to reach others 
out there that are open to hearing it. When it comes to this Vandy stuff, the attacks are misguided. Even David Plazas is speaking out. There's a lawyer named Alex Little. He asked the question, and I think it's a fair one. If you consider elective surgery for minors illegal or whatever you want to call it, you know, are you going to ban circumcision? Are you going to ban other elective nose jobs? Are you going to ban other elective surgeries for children? Or is it only surgeries and care involving trans kids, which really just exposes you as coming from a place of bullying and hate? I think it's a fair question and one they should answer. I will ask. They'll run from me because they always do that. But I think it's a fair question to ask. So Fox, I so much appreciate you coming on here and telling us your story. I just want to ask, you know, they always talk about regret and do people have regrets? Do you have any regrets about your experience? I came to Oregon because I thought, you know, it's going to be so much more accepting of trans people here. I miss the South, if I'm being honest. I miss queer people in the South and trans people in the South because we have this community and this shared experience here. It's great to expect that most people are going to be accepting of trans people and it is so much easier to access trans health care and I want to take that with me and I want to give that to Tennessee and give that to the South and give that to rural areas. That community is the community I identify with the most. I'm here because I can access healthcare here. I don't have all of these barriers and it is exhausting to have to go through those barriers all of the time. I am happy here and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I was able to transition when I did because it was life or death for me and I chose life and my parents chose life and my doctors chose life and now here I am and I want to fight for people to have that choice for themselves, to be able to make that decision for themselves. Really, I don't have any regrets. I'm so glad I was able to access what I did. You are around other trans people. You keep talking about the trans community. Do you find that most people are happy that they transitioned after the fact? Yes, it just brings so much happiness and community and and people to be with. There seems to be such a fear of like detransition. And if you look at the numbers, if you look at like who is detransitioning, it is such a small number. And the majority of that small number is detransitioning because they didn't have social support, because they didn't have the support of their family, of their doctors. And so they weren't able to feel supported enough or have the money to continue transition because it is expensive emotionally and financially. When people do transition, they're also used as scapegoats for the trans community, for people saying they're going to regret it when they're later. It's really not people who regret it. It's people who don't have adequate support to continue doing something that they know is right for them. The most important thing is to have support for people and allow people to make the decisions that they need to make. It builds so much community and love and happiness. What would your message be to the Governor Lees and Matt Walsh's and Marsha Blackburn's of the world? Please just listen to us and understand that we're people. We deserve to live. Children deserve to live a happy life. Fox, thanks for coming on here. I so appreciate it. Please stay in touch. Thank you for your advocacy and for telling your story. It's important that we hear from you directly rather than just talking about your experience from a perspective that doesn't understand it. Thank you for having me. So that was Fox Schweiger, who is in Oregon, grew up in Knoxville, had the care at Vandy that is the subject of the firestorm, considers it a lifeline, essentially saved his life, and that taking that away will kill children. We know that they don't actually listen to people when they talk. We know that they are just going to pander and play to the Daily Wire crowd, and it's sad and there will be blood on their hands. But hopefully Fox's story can make a difference with some people. I mean, I I hadn't really heard that perspective in such an extended way before. I think it's really helpful and humanizes their stories. For me, it just comes down to 
to get out of their doctor's office. Leave them alone. Why is this what you wake up and do every day? Get involved in their healthcare decisions. It just seems so transparently political and cruel. And it's just so not your business. And for the same people who do this to turn around and act like they're the party of liberty and freedom and small government, what could be bigger government than criminalizing people for what they do with their own doctors and with their own children? And it's very related to the forced birth state that we've become, forcing women to carry to term. The GOP is the government overreach party. They are the biggest government party imaginable, especially when you're in Fox's situation or in the situation of these young girls that are having to flee Ohio after being raped and impregnated at 10 years old to get the health care they need. I mean, these are scary things that the Republican Party is doing to our most vulnerable people. This is why we need to stand up to it and speak out and yes, vote, but also get loud and not let them have the final say on these things and put a face on these stories. And so I appreciate that Fox was sure to do that. And Matt Walsh, that dude really needs to get a hobby. Let's keep in mind, this is the same guy that was making a stink about having a black little mermaid last week. And this is the guy who, when he speaks out, our Republican legislators are snapping to attention and vowing an investigation, even as he tells them it's all political. It's really embarrassing. When you have David Plaza calling you mean and irresponsible and shaming you, you've crossed the line because David doesn't do that easily. I wish he did it more, but he did it yesterday. And I think that says a lot. Shame on the people that are piling on. Thank you to Vandy for providing that care. I hope everybody stands with them. This is going to be an issue if we've learned anything about the Tennessee legislature. This is right up their alley. You're going to see multiple bills about this. We have the most anti-LGBT bills in the entire country here in Tennessee every single year. Their slate of hate knows no end. And until people stop voting for them, they're going to keep going because they don't want to talk about how we're at the bottom in healthcare and the bottom in poverty, and the bottom in per-pupil spending, and the bottom in infant and maternal mortality, and the bottom in crime, and the bottom in teen birth. I'm not making this up. We're at the bottom at all of this stuff. They don't want to fix that. They just want to vilify trans kids and go after Vandy because it's easier instead of fixing the very real problems in this state where we have a humiliating level of services for people. And instead of adding to those, they want to take them away. Follow the Holler, Holler Fest, Monday night, exit in Nashville. I hope to see you all there. Get your tickets at tnholler.com. See you next time. Tennessee. Woo! Yeah. Tennessee. It's a tennis.